Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Speaking of Nothing. I thought for the occasion we might just use the old theme song. Oh. So, the old theme song. Yeah, wasn't that something? So, that was recorded by my band, which is the same band that I'm in now, but we were under a different name and had different influences and a different style and weren't as good. That was recorded by us way back when we were in high school, I believe. I I wrote a lot of songs back then, and Speaking of Nothing was one of the only ones that I still kind of like to this day. Not really the song so much, but just that thought. That's where the name of this show came from. The song's called Speaking of Nothing. The chorus is like, Speaking of Nothing. And yeah, so Speaking of Nothing, that's the show you are listening to. Welcome, welcome to Speaking of Nothing. If this is your first time listening, thanks. If this is your 10th time listening, thanks. You're on episode 10. You followed us this far. And if you actually listen to my old college radio show, Speaking of Nothing, thanks for coming back. You, you are much appreciated. Well, today I've got a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. So it is summertime. Well, it's pretty much summertime. So what I would like to do is talk about festival season. All right. All right, I'll tell you a little bit about some of my experiences with music festivals as well as I'll be doing a top five or take five today. That is my top five artists that I am excited to see at Riot Fest this year. And then I'm going to be talking about some new disco. I have this one band that I wanted you to go listen to because they blew my mind and I want to share that with you. And then I've also got... Yeah, that's it. That's the three things. That's it. New Disco, Take 5, and I'll be talking about music festivals. So let's start off with that Take 5. Yeah, thanks Dave Brubeck for that fantastic introduction. And thanks for being a part of my show. Anyways, let's move on. Riot Fest is coming up this year, and Riot Fest has an amazing lineup this year. It's the 15th anniversary of Riot Fest. Show of hands, who's been to Riot Fest before? I'm the only one raising my hand because I'm the only one in this room. Well, I'm so glad that you have or have not been to Riot Fest because it's usually a pretty good time. Riot Fest, what, what do I like about it? So Riot Fest is a punk festival. They don't always have punk, just punk bands. 
but it's a punk festival it takes place in Chicago, and it is so much better than the other Chicago festival, Lollapalooza. I'll be complaining a lot about that in my uh, main part of my show. Anyway, so Riot Fest is a little more narrowed down, a little more focused, and I think because of that, it's a lot more fun. So I've only been to Riot Fest once, and I am a one-day festival goer. So the one day I went, I saw Captain Jazz, which is a band I love. Everybody loves Captain Jazz, and Jawbreakers reunion, and that was awesome. I also saw Dinosaur Jr., Prophets of Rage. What what else did I see that day? Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, tons of bands. And it was a good time. Beach Slang was there, too. Well, anyways, so it was a good time. This year, they announced a killer lineup consisting of a Bikini Kill reunion, Jawbreakers playing again, Blink-182, and um, several other cool bands. So I was really excited about this lineup, and I was so excited that I thought, I need to do a Take 5 and tell you my top five bands that I'm excited to see at Riot Fest this year. So let's get into it. Number five. I'm pretty excited about a, seeing a band for the second time that is a little lower on the lineup chart. And that is Skating Polly. Skating Polly is this kick-ass band from, I think they're from Oklahoma. And they're awesome. It's two sisters. It's actually two sisters and a brother. They're all step-siblings, they all kick ass, they play, they trade instruments, and they play just such good punk rock music. I'm sure that I'm playing some underneath of me talking right now because that would be something good to do. But they, they are such an awesome band, and upon seeing them last year in Davenport, I was like, oh my gosh, this band is awesome. And I was like, I gotta get their record, which is called the Make It All Show. And I listened to it, and it became like the soundtrack of my summer last year. And then I was like, I wonder if they have like, other material. And they have so much because they've been band, a band since they were like in high school. So it, it was a, it, they have a ton of material. And the Make It All show, they did it with Brad Wood, who is like famous for doing Sunny Day Real Estate. And he's done so many other projects. So this thing sounds amazing. It's a great record. Go check out the Make It All show. That's my number five. And number four, I'm really excited to see The Descendants. I have not seen The Descendants. I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I, I guess maybe I'm not as big a fan as I think I am because I've, I've only, I, I've never seen them. But I, I love The Descendants. I love, you know, Milo Goes to College and I Don't Want to Grow Up. And actually my favorite Descendants record is All. I get a lot of flack from that because it's like the most metal sounding one. But I love the song Pep Talk so much. It's like that. The Descendants are. I've been one of my favorite punk bands for a long time, if not my favorite punk band. And it, it's gonna be cool to see Bill Stevenson live. I know they play Riot Fest a lot, but I don't. I don't go to Riot Fest a lot. But this year the lineup convinced me, so I'm excited to see the Descendants. At number three, y'all know I'm excited to see Jawbreaker again. Jawbreaker is a huge influence on our band. So much so that our drummer has a Jawbreaker tattoo. He's an insane fan, and and just maybe by osmosis, I've become a pretty big fan too. So I'm very excited to see Jawbreaker again. They kicked so much butt two years ago at that reunion. I'm I'm definitely psyched to see them 
again because that really kind of I was interested in the band two years ago, but now I'm I'm like way more interested in the band. So I think I'll enjoy it a little bit more. Also, last year they didn't play Ache, or two years ago they did not play Ache, and I want to hear that. So I hope they play that this year. At number two, everybody can say this with me. I'm very excited to see American football. Uh, obviously, I'm a big American football fan. If you've listened to the show all the way through, you know that I did a complete, I think it was my second or third episode is just all about American football's new album and how much I enjoyed it. So I'm very excited to see that. I made the joke that apparently I only go to Riot Fest if Jawbreaker and Mike Kinsella is there because Mike Kinsella plays drums in Captain Jazz with his brother Tim Kinsella and their cousin Nate Kinsella. All the Kinsellas. And that was the last time I went to Riot Fest was to see Captain Jazz and Jawbreaker. So now I'm going to see American Football and Jawbreaker. And number one, this might come as a shock to you, but the number one band that I'm excited to see at Riot Fest this year is the B-52s. I am actually freaking out about seeing the B-52s. Because it's just, they announced all these tour dates and they didn't have any Illinois dates. And I was like, this sucks because I would love to see the B-52s because I got really into the B-52s last year. And let me tell y'all, that first record and Wild Planet, those are some solid freaking albums. And you're probably, a lot, a lot of people think, oh, the B-52s, that's the band that does Love Shack. And that's all that they think about, but oh my god, Private Idaho, Planet Claire, these are classics, people. Go listen to them. This band has so much talent. They just blow your mind, and everybody writes them off because they're a little different. But they're great. They're great. Rock Lobster is a great song. I'm very excited to see the B-52s. This is going to be a good time, and I'll tell you all about it. Thanks for listening to my ramblings. That's my take five. Yo, it's time for new disco. Let's talk about the songs that you don't know. I'm never going to do that again. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about some stuff that I've been listening to recently. This is the part of the show where I try to uh, get you to listen to music that I enjoy. Well, I told you last week that my band was going to Ohio. We went to Ohio. We played a show at this punk rock bowling alley, which was awesome. And a lot of fun. And uh, we, we went up on stage, we played our show, and the band that played after us was a band called the Smoky Honey Blues Band. And I thought, that is the worst band name. What is this band? I thought, this is going to be a blues band, and I am going to sit here, and I'm going to go insane, because I don't like blues that much. But a completely different thing happened. This band took the stage, and the lights went down, and they started playing, and they're a five-piece. And I was like, okay, interesting, keys. And they start playing, and by the end of the first song, my mouth was agape, people. This band 
was so phenomenally talented, I was shocked. Their drummer kicked so much butt, and their guitarists were amazing. Their bassist had exceptional timing, considering that the drummer kept like doing all of these crazy like polyrhythms and things and mixing it up and crazy time signatures. I'm sitting there counting them all, trying to figure out what's going on. And their keyboard player is laying down these amazing hooks. Their vocal had these vocal effects. And it was it, it was so cool. It was like some Sonic Youth style stuff that I was just not expecting to hear in Youngstown, Ohio. I really didn't know what to expect from Youngstown, Ohio. But if it's this, I'm ecstatic because I I really, really, really enjoyed this band. And lucky for you, they have some stuff on Spotify. Their, their album came out last year. It's called Portrait of a Grave. I'm going to play you a, a track off here. Here is just the first track. It's called Placeholders. I don't want you to think that I'm praising this band because, you know, they helped us get this gig or I'm giving them some kind of shout out because there are a lot of bands that my band has played with that I really, really appreciate. And I'm going to play another one as soon as I'm done talking about this band. But what I absolutely loved about this band was not only did I connect with the music and I really appreciated it, but this band was full of very, very talented musicians and Talented as in proficient at the instruments they were playing. I have definitely played with a lot of bands who have talent that is not a technical skill. It's it's in the presentation and how they play the music and, and how they put it together. And this band kind of had both of that. And I really, really loved it. And it was complicated and it was rhythmically challenging. And you could tell that the band was challenging themselves. They weren't laying back and just winging it. This band had practiced a lot. And I asked them if they'd ever gotten out of Youngstown, and they said, not really. And they should, because they are an incredible group. They're an incredible group, and I appreciate them. I'm going to play another little clip of them real quick. This song is called Without a Trace. Your pain. 
Now, I think you all know that most of my style is the slower stuff. I really dig that kind of stuff. But this band has plenty of, of uh, grit, too, and some caution to the wind, so to speak. That's where that sonic youth sound comes in, is when this guy's picking up his, his friggin' jazz master and beating the crap out of it. Maybe it was a Jaguar. I don't remember. It was a Fender. It was cool. That that is where like that Sonic Youth influence comes in. I see a little bit of Radiohead in there, and also I think my drummer said they're kind of like a jam band, but they're way more calculated than that. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense because I wouldn't enjoy a jam band, but I really enjoyed them. So the Smoky Honey Blues Band, go check them out. Go listen to their album Portrait of a Grave, especially with this this dreary weather we are having. This has been a good record to listen to, let me tell you. I'm going to talk about another band now. So, you kids like aging? a lot of that and Ian please don't be mad because I just played a crap ton of your single on my podcast anyways I love aging they're one of my favorite bands from the quad cities also I don't want you to think that I'm just playing my friends bands I might be doing that but I'm not doing that because I think they're my friends and you should recognize their musical talent I think these people are doing really good stuff I happen to know them pretty well, but also please check out their music because it's mind-blowing and it's awesome. Aging is a band that excels at teetering on the edge of destruction at all times. In the best sort of way. If you've never been to an aging show, next time that band plays, you get your ass there because it is an experience. Sometimes it's an interesting experience, and sometimes... It's a transcendental experience. Ian Morrison, the frontman of that group, does this incredible performance art thing called I.J. Morrison, and that is something that is just awesome to behold. It's weird. I saw him open for Ian Savonius last year, and that was awesome. It's cool. So Ian takes his performance energy from that and puts it into his guitar playing and generally is all over the place at any of these shows. Back on the kit, you got Elliot. Elliot is everywhere in the Quad Cities. He plays drums with in as much. I'm sure he's played drums with every other band. 
used to play in the statistics. Actually, Ian and, and Elliot were in the statistics, and they used to play with Speaks Like Silence back in the day. Kind of appropriate that I play the Speaks Like Silence track to open the show. What an experience. Aging is, is a great time. Definitely go listen to more of Aging. Check out their single. It's on Bandcamp. I'm going to play just a little bit of the second song, too, just to give you a little bit of a taste. I won't play the whole thing. If that sounds like it could be your thing, make it your thing. Go support Aging and buy their demo on Bandcamp. I want to throw one more artist out there. And again, this is another band that my friend drums for. But I want you to know, again, that I'm promoting this because I think the quality of the work is awesome. So I have a friend who drums in a lot of bands, and they drum in this band called Pulsing. And the main instrument in Pulsing is Game Boy. They're actually on tour in the East Coast. I think they just got back tonight, and they played a series of shows all the way out to New York. And I hope that people had fun at those shows because it's kind of hard to not have fun at a Pulsing show. I've I've played a show with uh, Pulsing before, and what happens is they throw out all of these pillows and everybody pillow fights. And this was crazy. I went I went to their show last week, their their tour kickoff show, and they were throwing the pillows out. And I've been in a lot of venues, but I've never been in a venue where I was afraid that the lights would get broken because people were throwing these pillows and someone had this giant ball. But it's it's awesome. It's a good time. It's a lot of fun. Alex used to be the main guy in that band, and he was the only person in the band, and he was the Game Boy guy. And then he recruited Kyle and Seth to play drums and guitar, respectively. And I think the inclusion of a full lineup for this band makes it sound better than it ever has before, and it used to sound pretty cool, but with this full band, everything is just turned up to 11. So I'll play you a little bit of the first song off their new EP. I talk about talent with the first band, and all three of these bands have different types of talent for sure. 
Smoky County Blues Band, that was a lot of instrumental talent, a lot of proficiency on their instruments. Aging is all in the presentation. It's all in the lyricism. It's all about how the music makes you feel, which is awesome and a different type of talent. And pulsing, the talent there is completely different. It's in Petey's composition of the material, but it's also how Seth and Kyle approach the piece and how they stay on time with the Game Boys while people are literally throwing rubber balls at them. It's it's pretty cool. Pulsing's new record is really great. You should definitely support them. Go to Bandcamp, buy it real quick. It'll take you two seconds, and you'll have music that you can make lifelong memories with. And if you're not listening to music to do that, what are you listening to music for? So there you have it. That's a very kind of, I don't know, Quad City-themed new disco. But you know what? I am just thankful to have such talented friends whose music I believe in so strongly that I can showcase it on this show a week after I did a huge thing where I focused on Carly Rae Jepsen and Guided by Voices. These people are making phenomenally good music. There are hundreds of bands out there that are making great music that don't get the same level of attention as Carly Rae Jepsen, and I love her new album. So every once in a while... I think it's awesome to highlight some artists that are not getting the attention that they rightfully deserve. Go to their shows and support them with real physical currency. You will not regret it. Thanks for hanging on for my new disco. That's a little chastity belt. The song is Seattle Party. I play that as the bumper to transition to what I want to talk to you about today because me and my friend Jake, who was on one of these episodes, go back and listen to that one if you haven't, talk about how that song, when it because it used to come up all the time when we were hanging out on like the Spotify playlist because it's similar to some stuff I listen to, it would come up and we'd be like, who is this? And be like, I don't know, it kind of sounds a little bit like Florence and the Machine because it's got that, you know, Lollapalooza vibe. And we, we kind of had this joke about, oh, we can imagine them playing that song at a festival and it's big and open and it's hot outside and you're miserable and that song's playing and they're like, I think they're having fun. And you're like... Why did I spend $300 to come here? Because I'm not having fun. That was an inside joke. I hope you appreciate it. That's nothing against Chastity Belt or that song. It's a great song, but that's just, you know, our joke. So, I hate festivals a lot. I want to tell you that right now. Earlier, when in my Take 5, I said I was a one-day festival goer. Reason for that is because I can only ever take one day. I hate music festivals, and I'm glad that they are all dying. What? Yeah, that's right. You heard me. Music festivals are dying. The ice caps are melting at an alarming rate, and you know what? Music festivals are dying off at an alarming rate, and that's okay. Because music festivals suck. This is quite the rant, but let me tell you what. Attendance at Lollapalooza has dropped. Attendance at Bonnaroo has dropped. And why do you think that is? There's a couple reasons. One, it's because the lineups are too diverse. 
they are trying to grab as many people as they can, so they put tons and tons of artists who have nothing in common on the bill, and people who go to these festivals are like, okay, well, I kind of want to see that band, but I don't really care to see that band. I don't want to see that band or that band. Which is why I think Riot Fest has it right, because they focus on artists who are kind of have that similar kind of punk vibe. So punk fans or metal fans, they are like, oh, I like this band and 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 this band. I'm going to this festival. Nothing is going to stop me. The other reason festivals are dying at an alarming rate, because have you been to a festival? It sucks. You're standing out there in the hot sun all day. Yeah, you're seeing your favorite bands and you're and you're trying to have a good time, but you know what? Your feet hurt. So this entire time you're trying to have this great phenomenal time because you spent a lot of money to come here. You're like, "Ah, my feet hurt. I want to sit down. Eh, I'll go get a slice of pizza." What? $8 for a slice of pizza? What is this? What is this madness? Why do we keep accepting this? It's pretty insane to wrap your brain around that fact. What what is a music festival? Why does it exist? They, they said something like 500,000 people were at Woodstock. I really don't think that's true. But that's 500,000 people that probably had a miserable time. But you know what? Some of them had a decent time. And that's why the people who had a decent time, they told everybody about it. Now festivals are a thing. Ah. Now I have been to a few festivals. I'll tell you some I went to that were were good and some that were bad. We'll start with the bad because I'm already on that part of the show anyway, so I might as well keep ranting. Bonnaroo was a good time, but it was also a bad time. It was kind of like the lineup was stacked. I saw Paul McCartney, Tom Petty, Wilco, and gosh, tons of other bands. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros is one that comes to mind. Passion Pit was a good time. Jack Johnson was there, and I enjoyed his music, so that was cool. So that was a good time, but what sucked was it was Tennessee. You had to camp. I was stuck there for four days, and the tent you got up to like 180 degrees in the morning, and it was unlivable. What was nice, though, was that that festival had shows at night, so when it was nice and cool, I could go check out ZZ Top, and that was fun. But every year, the li- and there was 80,000 people there that year, and every year the lineup has just gotten a little bit more diverse and less people have been there and so 2013 I think was the last good year for Bonnaroo unless you're into the festival thing I just don't know why you would go back I went because I love Paul McCartney I'm a huge Beatles fan and the money that I was spending to see to go to that festival was worth it for Paul McCartney alone and I got to see Tom Petty another one of my favorite artists so it it was a good time Now, the worst festival I've ever been to, I also went to see Paul McCartney at, and that was Lollapalooza. I've been to Lollapalooza twice. It was my first festival. I went there in 2011 to see the Foo Fighters with my band. That was an experience that was both equal parts humiliating and equal parts fun. I had a lot of fun singing The Best of You with all of my bandmates. I was a little bummed they didn't play anything off the first record, but I had a great time seeing the Foo Fighters, the Arctic Monkeys. It was the Cars' last show. I got to be there for that. That was really, really special. That's why we put up with festivals, is so we can say we were there, and we can brag about it. You're just, like, collecting things, which is why we go to concerts in the first place. But the thing that sucked about that show was it rained, and I was wet, and I got sick, and I had to ride back home in the van, and all my clothes were soaking wet, so I had to, like, embarrassingly stand there, in my underwear on the way home. It sucked. Anyways, 
that sucked. But here's the thing that I hate about Lollapalooza so much. They have no idea how to organize a festival because, you know, there's lots of stuff that's going on. But for some for at, for at festivals, you're going to go there and you're going to miss artists you want to see because a different artist that you want to see is playing on another stage. And you have to sit there and think, which band do I like more? which is a problem in general, but Lollapalooza has this weird thing where they do two headliners. So now you're forced to see one headliner or the other. So when I'm seeing Paul McCartney, the band that was playing across the stage was The Weeknd, which I'm not a huge fan, but I kind of would have liked to see that show. Well, there's no way in hell I'm going to see that because I came here to see Paul McCartney. But then something happened. Paul McCartney goes to play Blackbird. He gets out his acoustic guitar. He picks it up. He goes to play it. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 something is going on. They got a DJ in the tent up the hill while Paul McCartney is playing. And the same thing happened with the Foo Fighters in 2011. I can't believe that amount of disrespect. You've got, one, you've got like, a headliner here, which is supposed to be your main draw for the festival. Bonnaroo did it right. When Paul McCartney was playing, nobody else was playing at all. 80,000 people were watching Paul McCartney play. Now, at Lollapalooza, for some reason, they were like, oh, we'll get more people if we have two headliners. Well, that's stupid. Just have one headliner so everybody can watch them and nobody's having a bad time. And also, don't put a friggin' DJ tent next to Paul McCartney. Oh my god, I feel like that's self-explanatory. Per- Perry Farrell, what are you doing? This is why I don't like Jane's Addiction. End rant. Alright. Now, I've been to a couple festivals that I've really, really, really enjoyed. Riot Fest is one of those, and it's for the reason that I talked about. It was very, very stripped down and very, very, very simple, and also, you know, bands of similar genre. Now, another festival that I've been to that I had a really great time at was 8035. I did another one-day thing, and 8035 is in Des Moines. We went one day to see Courtney Barnett, and that was a really good festival because it was really low-key. The bigger-name artists play in a like private space so really you only have to pay if you want to see the top build artists otherwise anyone can go to 8035 and so we went we saw soccer mommy we saw car seat headrest we saw courtney barnett and kesha was the closer and kesha puts on a great show so it was a great time and that show was relatively inexpensive there was a parking garage right next to the venue the venue was just a park and then the other performances were on the, you know, on the street out there. So 8035 was a really great time, and it was a very small festival. The smaller the festival, the better time you're going to have. That is, I think, almost an absolute certainty. We'll end the whole rant there. Thanks for putting up with that. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Nothing. What do you think about festivals? Are you going to a ton this summer? Are you going to none? Do you hate festivals as much as me? 
let me know. You can talk to me on Twitter at Timothy Yates, TH13. That's me on Twitter. You can talk to me on Instagram at TH13 also, I believe. Or you can just message me on Facebook. You should follow Speaking of Nothing on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. That's kind of where I do the Speaking of Nothing stuff anyway. So check that out. Interact with me. Let me know what you think about the show. Share the show. And also, Smoky Honey Blues Band, aging, pulsing, go support them. Go to local shows this summer instead of going to festivals. And I think you'll have quite a memorable experience. So thank you so much. Good night. And drive home safely. Oh, but if you do decide to go to Riot Fest, we'll see it in the private Idaho pit. <laughs>